After this, the Moabites and the Amorites, and with them some of the Mennonites, came against Jehoshaphat for battle. Some men came and told Jehoshaphat, a great multitude is coming against you from Adam, from beyond the sea, and behold, they are in Hazaron Tamar, that is, in Gedi. Then Jehoshaphat was afraid, and he set his face to seek the Lord, and claimed a fast throughout all Judah. And Judah assembled to seek help from the Lord. From all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. All right, y'all, we've got a lot to go over. So it's a good thing we got two hours together, so it's good. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, welcome to Valiant Church. We're so, uh, we're so stoked that you're here. Um, God's got some incredible things for you this morning. I promise you that. Um, but here's the deal. You've got to do your part. You've got to be ready to receive. We're not playing church this morning. All right? We're going we're gonna to get into the Word of God. We're going to ask God to do something amazing. But what I want to do is... If you haven't downloaded the app, all the notes are on the app, okay? Um, you can download the Valiant Church app on, on uh, both platforms, okay? Um, I hate saying this every time, but I just want to make sure that everyone's got the app because all the notes are on the app. And the great thing is, is the Bible is on the app as well. I'm going to be reading out of the ESV um, this morning. And so you can click on the Bible app within the app the Bible icon within the app. It's right next to the notes, okay? You click on the notes, and then you're going to click on keep drinking. You'll be a, there'll be a little picture there that says keep drinking. Click on that, and that's going to be the notes for all today. And there's space there to write down what God is showing you. I want to encourage you to write down what God is showing you. I'm going to be passionate about this because God has transformed me um, these last few weeks from getting back from Israel, I have journaled every single day, and I cannot imagine life without journaling now. I'm writing down what God is showing me. I'm writing down my, my prayers. I'm writing down um, my fights. I'm writing down these things because they are important to be able to look back on and see what God has done and what he's doing. So I want to encourage you today to take notes. Men in this place, take notes. Don't count on your significant other to do that for you. You've got to do that. It's important. I want to ask another question. How's the fast going? Good. Going good? Y'all doing good on the fast? Yeah? Feeling good? I, uh, I, shared, I shared that with a, uh, a new friend that I, I met this morning. He was, he's like, well, how long are you doing the fast? I said, man, we're doing it all month. He's like, what? <laughs> I can't do a little fast all month. I said, well, it's not about doing a fast all month. It's just about, you know, how long are you going to be fasting? What's going on? If you want to know about more of that, we have some handouts for you. You can grab them in the back. Um, Explains everything that we're doing this month. I know it's a weird time to do a fast, but God is doing something amazing. We had a small remnant of people um, show up last night, so I want to encourage every person that didn't show up last night. We'll see you next week. Okay? 5 p.m. Sounds good. All right. Um, I'm going to be very blunt um, from here on out. Um, but you're kind of used to that anyway, so it's going to be good. Um, but no, seriously, if you can make it to the prayer nights, it'd be a good thing. Um, it's good for your soul. It's good for, uh, it's just good for you. And we're fighting for this community together. Um, because we know that God is going to, um, do some amazing things in the people of this island. 
that transformation is happening, it's already happening. God's moving in big ways. Um, he's showing us something as, as our part in Valiant Church to play in that. Um, and we're just, we're just along for the ride. And I want to be able to hear clearly of what God wants, not only for my life, but for what he wants for this church as your shepherd, as your pastor. Um, and I'm just, I'm just fighting, and I need you guys to fight with me. I'm going to say that. I need you guys to fight with me. We, we can't do this alone. It's going to take all of us. And um, today I'm going to share a story. I, I uh, had something completely different for you guys this morning. We're going to be taking a communion at the end of this, um, just so you all know. Um, we're going to be sharing the Lord's Supper together. But we were up here last night praying, and I was, I was actually scamming back. I was going to go and, and look at the story of, of David for a little bit. And I flipped right to Second uh, Chronicles 20, and uh, and I remember this story, and I and I and so I reread it, and and God just gave me a whole message last night while I was here, and um, and so it's 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 going to be uh, it's going to be a good thing. Have you ever read this this story in Second Chronicles, chapter 20, Jehoshaphat's prayer? Jehoshaphat was uh, was a king of Judah at that time. Um, well, at this time, he's actually become uh, the king of all Israel too. Um, he, he wasn't, he, he made some mistakes. Anybody make mistakes in your life? He made some mistakes as a king. Um, his father, um, was a good, was a good guy. I'm going to take some coffee cause I'm thirsty. Um, his father was a good guy, um, instilled some good things into to Jehoshaphat, but he, he made a knucklehead move and he, uh, he aligned himself with King Ahab. Anybody know who King Ahab is? Yeah, bad, bad dude. Um, he worshipped pagan gods. Uh, he was the king of Israel, but he worshipped pagan gods. Um, he didn't keep God as number one, um, and he wound up dying. Um, it's a pretty cool story how he died. Um, <laughs> sounds, it sounds kind of mean, doesn't it? But it was a pretty cool story because he was confident that he was going to get out of it, and uh, yeah, he didn't. So, um, but Jehoshaphat lined himself up with this man. And uh, in some dealings with him, you know, just trying to, to make good with, with the king of Israel. He was the king of Judah, you know, trying to, you know, trying to form alliances. Well, he, he allowed his son to marry Ahab's daughter. And so that was a no-no and, and all this kind of stuff. So he was a knucklehead in some ways, but in other ways, he really set some things in motion um, for, for the Israelite people. He set uh, judges in place that um, he, he commanded them to fear God. Fear God, make your decisions based on what God wants, not what you want. Um, so he had this fear fear of the Lord in his heart. Um, and God saw that. God looked past his mistakes and, 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 and used him in a mighty way and spoke through him in a mighty way to, to, to save the Israelite people. So we come to this story, um, starting in verse 20. These men come running to Jehoshaphat and say, hey man, there, there are armies lined up uh, they are coming. They're going to surround you. I want to warn you about what the enemy is doing. Have you ever looked at somebody, and, and, and one of your close friends or your family members, knowing that some bad things were happening in their life, and, and you had the guts to come to them and say, hey, the enemy is coming up against you. You need to pick your head up, and you need to see. Has anybody ever done that? Maybe God is calling you to, to speak that into some people's lives that you may know, that you see, that are struggling. Don't just stand by and just look at them and say, man, I sure hope they get out of that alone. You need to come up next to them and love them enough to say, hey, the enemy is coming up against you right now. 
I want to be here with you. That's what happened with these men. They came and, and, and told Jehoshaphat what was going on. A great multitude was coming against you, and they're, and they're just right over in, 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 in Edom. And, um, actually, yes, I want to make sure. En Gedi, not Edom, sorry, En Gedi. I'm going to show you this picture of, of En Gedi here. Um, did I put that up there? No, I did not put that up there. Don't, th- that's a different one. Never mind. Um, okay, Lord, speak through me. My mind is all over the place. Okay. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. I want to show you where this battle took place. It's really interesting. We were there. Um, it's called the Valley of Jehoshaphat, also the Valley of Kindron. Now, that picture is there. It's right here. I am sitting up here on the Mount of Olives, and I'm looking out over to uh, the eastern gate here. Okay? Jesus came down this road over here up to Jerusalem. That's the Temple Mount right up there where the gold little dome is. You see that? I know it's kind of hard to see. I wish we had a bigger screen, but we don't. So this is the Valley of Kindron right here. This is where this whole, this whole battle took place. It's also known as the Valley of Jehoshaphat. Okay? Um, it's pretty cool to be able to put your eyes where, where I'm talking about. So you've got the Mount of Olives. And in between the Mount of Olives, um, you see all these things right here? These are the Israelite graves. And all up on these graves, you'll, you can't really see them here, but there's little rocks. And those are called stones of remembrance. Remember that, because I'm going to talk about that later on this month, okay? Up against the wall are the, the Muslim graves. They... they they put the graves against the wall because they think that the Israelites won't be able to cross over because they would be unclean before they get to the temple because you can't go through dead bodies. You can't walk through that without being unclean. It's pretty interesting. We'll talk more about that later. It's a whole different history lesson, but it's pretty awesome to kind of have some, some eyes on what we're talking about today. Jehoshaphat wasn't perfect, but he did love and he did respect God, kind of like us. We're not perfect, but we're trying to love God. We're trying to respect God. We're trying to uh, just keep our eyes on him. The story this morning is vital to, to where we're at because it's going to show us how good God is. And it's going to show us some things that we must do in our own personal life when we're in a fight that's bigger than us. Anybody in a fight that's bigger than you? Let me just tell you, every fight that you're in, whether you believe it or not, is bigger than you. Because we don't fight against the flesh. We fight against things that we do not see in the spirit realm that come against us. It's bigger than you. That's why we need a savior. That's why God sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ, for us. I want to tell you, I got 10 things. I know it's going to be a lot. I got 10 things, but I can do it, okay? I know I can do it because we're going to pray at the end of this for a little bit, and we're going to take communion together, and then we're going to send off one of our awesome sisters here, um, and it's going to be a good morning 
in Jesus' name. Y'all believe that? Amen. All right. Y'all have your notes out. I don't see any phones in your lap. This is really weird, okay? This is the one and only time in church I say, get your phone out. You know, turn it to silence, open up your app, click on the notes, and let's do this together. The first thing is the enemy will come. See, we have this, this, this thought that, and we've done this in the church world, that once we get saved, everything should be, should be hokey-dokey and, and good and awesome, you know, because, right, it should be, all be easy. But Jesus said it ain't ever going to be easy. In fact, it's going to be difficult. But don't fret. Don't, don't be dismayed. I'm going to be with you. I'm not going to leave you nor forsake you. That was a promise that was, that was promised years, lots of years before Jesus even came. And he said the same thing before he went up to his heavenly father. Do not be afraid. I'm going to be with you. Okay? This life is not going to be easy. The enemy will come. We saw that in the first couple of chapters, verses one and two. Okay? Write that down because you're going to go home and study this later on. And God's going to show you some really cool things through this, verses one and two. The second thing we've got to know this is sometimes we're going to be afraid. There's sometimes that we're going to see the enemy and we're going to go, that little punk, he ain't got nothing, right? And we're going to step on his little face and we're going to kick him aside and we're going to be like, away from me, you know, get back, get behind me, Satan. Yo, I'm walking with God, this is good. But there are going to be some times that you're super tired. There's going to be times that you're going to, the attack is going to happen and you weren't ready for it and you're going to be afraid and it's going to be bigger than you. And you're going to wake up one day and go, how did I get here? How did this happen? There will be times that you will be afraid. There will be times that you won't be afraid. But when you're afraid, what's the first thing that you should do? Pray. The third thing is, is learn to seek God first. Prayer and fasting. This is, this is why we are calling everyone to a fast this month. Let's chase after God. I want to hear God clearly. I want to sacrifice a little because he sacrificed so much for me. Do you hear that? What's my little compared to what he did for me? What's my little compared to what he did for me? Remember the question I've been asking? Who are you and why are you here? Who are you? And why are you here? You should think about that question. You need to think about that every day. God, who am I? And why am I here? You can find those things out when you pray. You can find those things out when you're, when you're fasting. You can find those things out when, when, when you're on your knees, when you're worshiping God, when you're, when you're sacrificing a little and giving that time to him. Verses three and four, then Jehoshaphat was afraid and he set his face to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. I love that. The king stood up and said, this is way bigger. We got to fast. We got to get before the Lord. And Judah assembled to seek help from the Lord from all the cities of Judah. They came to seek the Lord. Everybody came together. Do you see that picture? Everyone coming together. 
This is what we're doing as a church. We're coming together to fight for one another, to fight for those that we don't even know, to fight for those that are in a hospital that are losing their life, to fight for those that are dealing with addictions that are losing their life, to fight for the broken families, to fight for the, 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 the orphans, to fight for every... Do you, do you hear what I'm saying? We come together to seek the Lord. We come together. Fourth thing I'm gonna show you is remember all that God has done for you and remind God of his promises. It sounds a little weird, doesn't it? I mean, God promised them, so we shouldn't have to remind them. But there's something about reminding God of his promises. Let's read verses 5 through 11. If you're in your app, you can just switch right over to your little Bible right there, and it's right there. It's amazing. It's pretty cool. So simple. So amazing. So great. And Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court and said, O Lord, God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? You rule over all the kingdoms of the nations. In your hand are power and might so that no one is able to withstand you. Did you not our God drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and give it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend. And they have lived in it and have built for you in it a sanctuary for your name, saying, if disaster comes upon us, the sword, judgment, or pestilence, or famine, we will stand before this house and before you, for your name is in this house and cry out to you in our affliction, and you will hear and save. Ooh, that's awesome. And now, behold, the men of Ammon and Moab and the Mount Seir, whom you would not let Israel invade. I want you to think about that. God would not allow this enemy that is coming against Jehoshaphat and the people. He, there was a chance for the Israelites to destroy them before. And God would not allow the Israelites to do that. He withheld them from destroying these people that are now coming against Jehoshaphat. Huh. Interesting, isn't it? Whom you would not let Israel invade when they came from the land of Egypt and whom they avoided and did not destroy. Behold, they reward us by coming to drive us out of this possession which you have given us to inherit. Jehoshaphat is standing before all the people and he's proclaiming and he's remembering what God has done for the people of Israel before this time. And then he's reminding God, reminding God of his promises. You said that this is our land from now till forever, you promised it to your, to your friend Abraham and to all of his descendants, God. Why is this happening now? You're the one, God. You're the one that didn't allow the Israelites to destroy these people before. Reminding God of his promises. Reminding the people of what God has already done. It's not that God needs to be reminded of what he's done or even reminded of the promises. 
but it is speaking truth to the situation. Do you hear that? God knows his promises. And because they haven't happened in the time that you think they should happen, it does not mean it will not happen. Do you hear that? It's reminding ourselves that God is bigger than our current circumstance and his promise always, always comes true. Always. But it ain't always gonna come true the way that we think it should. And that's for somebody in this room right now. Number five, proclaim your faith in God. Stand on it. Proclaim it. Say it. Speak it. Speak it. Speak what God has done. There's so much about all that, but I'm going to be talking about that next week. You're going to want to be here next week. You're going to want to be here next week. You're going to want to invite friends next week. You're going to want to fill this place up next week. You're going to want to say no to some good things next Sunday morning at 10 a.m. and be here next Sunday morning at 10 a.m. And come in expecting. Oh, man, God is going to rock our faces. It's going to be amazing. Whew. Okay, back to where I'm at. Back to where I'm at. Proclaim your faith in God. Second Chronicles 20.12 says, Oh God, will you not execute judgment on them? They're coming against your people, God, aren't you? Will you not execute judgment? For we are powerless against this great horde that is coming against us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Have you ever been in a fight that was so, so consuming that all you could do is, God, I, I don't have power against this, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put my eyes on you. I'm going to be willing to bet that some of us have been in a fight and we got so beat down because our eyes weren't fixed on Jesus. They were fixed on ourselves and our own situation. And so that we have walked out of church or we have walked away from church because we said this thing doesn't work. Because God didn't do it in my time. He didn't do it in a way that I think he should do it. It's all about me, me, me. But Jehoshaphat knew something. He knew something because he saw what God did in the past. He remembered what God did in the past. And he said, you know what? My God is the same God yesterday as he is today. So I'm going to believe in him. I'm going to trust in him. This is way bigger than me. I'm putting my eyes on him. I'm so glad that two people got that. We got to put our eyes on him. We got we to gotta proclaim our faith. In God, Jehoshaphat said it out loud amongst everyone. We can't do this. We can't do this. I'm going to tell you, church, we can't do this without God. We can't reach this city without God. We can't see God restore our marriages. We can't see God restore our kids. We, we can't, we can't, we can't see this unless we are putting our eyes on him, focusing on him, 
not focusing on what the letter said or not focusing on what social media says. I'm so sick and tired of social media. It's, it's a plague. It's a plague. It's a plague and we're all in it. And we're consumed by it. I'm one of them. It has sucked us in. And man, I'm so thankful for the people that are fasting from, from social media this month. I'm praying that God releases you from it. Such an enemy of the tool, or such a tool of the enemy. The enemy is a tool. Yes, he is. He's a straight up tool. Sometimes we're powerless. Only thing that we can do is look to God. It's where we find our strength. Always. Number six, family seeks God together. This little verse in here, verse 13. Little verse. Meanwhile, all Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, their wives, and their children. I love how God just put that in there. He could have said everyone just came together. Like we already knew everyone came together. But he specifically, when you read the word of God, ask yourself, what does it say and why is it there? What does that say and why is it there? Well, it says... All the families brought their little ones in, their wives and their children together to fight together, to pray together, to worship together. I'm going to tell you, here's the fact. Some of us are sitting in this room and we could only imagine if all of our families were together. We could only wish that we could stand hand in hand with our families. But that's not the truth for some of us in this room. But I want you to look around right now. Look around. This is your extended family. We're going to stand together with you in this fight. We're going to be with you through it. We're not perfect. We don't have all the answers, but God does. And so we're going to worship together. We're going to praise together, and we're going to fight together like that. That's why small groups are so important. That's why we need more small group leaders to step up and not be fearful of starting a small group. It ain't hard. It really is not hard. It's a couple hours. It's so important to do life with one another. We start ours tonight. It's awesome. The mainland small group is happening tonight. If you're on the mainland, you can come be a part of our small group tonight. We're going to eat some food, and it's going to be awesome. And that's all we're going to do is eat food and get to know each other. So hard. We got to learn to do life with one another. We got to learn to do life with one another. So important. Say no to good things to say yes to great things. I pray that haunts you for the rest of your life. Say no to good things to say yes to God's great things. Small groups are God's great things. It's community. Number six, nope, number seven, 
It isn't our fight to fight, but God still says, go. This is what was interesting. I'm gonna read these verses to you. I really, I thought, man, this is so, this is so cool. This is so awesome, God. How are you showing us this? Verses 15 through 16. And he said, listen, all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem and King Josephat, thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid, do not be dismayed at this great horde, for the battle is not yours, but God's. For the battle is not yours, but God's. Verse 16. Okay, so battle's not ours, it's God's, right? And so they're all like, yeah, it's not ours, it's God's. The next thing that comes out of the mouth is this. Tomorrow, go down against them. I just said, it's not our battle, but we got to go against them. See that? I get confused sometimes, but until I read on, and I'm not confused so much anymore. <laughs> Tomorrow, go down against them. Behold, they will come up by the ascent of Ziz. You will find them at the end of the valley, east of the wilderness of Jeru. So God, you're saying, the battle's not mine, it's yours, but you still want me to go. Okay. You see, here in this specific text, Judah's response must not be mere Passivity, being passive, someone else's problem. We don't got to do nothing. How many times in life have you said it's someone else's problem? I ain't got to do nothing. God convicted me of that so badly this morning. I get up, first of all, I wake up late. I wake up 30 minutes late. I'm like, ah. I get up because I didn't have this whole message written out and I had the points, but I didn't have everything else. And I was like scrambling around. I had to get my coffee because coffee is like the most spiritual thing you can do in the morning, you know? And I get downstairs and, and without, without the, the, anyways, we have this, we have a, a couple in our life. It's not really, it's, it's more, I'm trying to say this without saying it because, shoot, anyways, Sometimes I have a bad attitude about situations that happen or that are going to happen, and I feel like it's someone else's problem. And God corrected me this morning on that. And I don't want to tell you all the details because it's kind of sensitive. And so I'm trying to do this in a good way and still have a teaching moment here. Every time you have an opportunity to present the gospel to somebody, it is your, it is your problem. It's not, it's not meant, you're not meant to just pass by that opportunity. Do you hear me? Like that's every, that's, that's our responsibility as his kids. And sometimes I get so caught up in other things that I feel like that's someone else's responsibility. And, and I'm going to have an opportunity to speak into a person's life and I was, I was in a weird place. I was like, I, I'm, a, I'm a pastor. Like, that should, you know, like, this is so stupid. Like, why do I even think like that? But if I can't 
speak from here, if I can't tell you what I sometimes deal with and the stupidity that goes on in my head, then we'll never, we'll never get anywhere. You know what I mean? If I'm not preaching from my heart, then what, why am I even up here? I ain't perfect. And God said, this is, this is your responsibility. And the person after you's responsibility and the person after you's responsibility because it may take your seed, their seed, and another seed for finally something to blossom. You know that the birds come and pick up seeds, right? It's all of our problem. If there's someone in your family that doesn't know the Lord, guess what? (laughs) Guess what? Speak the gospel to them. Tell them about Jesus. Share your story. Come next week. It's going to be good. Okay. So Judah's response to that, it can't be just passive. Tomorrow go down against them. When I hear tomorrow go down against them, in my mind, that is saying go fight them, right? That's, what, that's where I automatically go to is go fight them. But Judah's part in this instance isn't to take up arms, um, but it's to exercise faith. God will say go. He will give you what you need. Exercise faith and to offer prayer and praise. We can't be passive. That's why we're in the mess that we're in in the church world. We have been passive. We have passed it on to other people. Our responsibility is to speak truth and love. Love people right where they're at. Keep our eyes on Jesus. Love God, love people, right? We have to actively respond to the enemy. Sometimes God will have you respond physically and sometimes he will have you just respond spiritually. It's always gonna be one of the two or both. Number eight, praise God before the victory. I love this. We get into all this this fun stuff in verse 19. If you scroll down to verse 19, um, Verse 18, actually, Joseph had bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell down before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. So this is before the battle. This is right after God said, tomorrow go out against them, and the Lord will be with you. Then Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell down before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. And the Levites and the Kothites and the Korites stood up to praise the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud voice. They did this before the war. They did it before the victory. Could you imagine what that must have sounded like? This isn't a group of 100 people. This is the inhabitants of all of Judah and Jerusalem together, bowing down before God, worshiping God, and standing up and singing praises to God together. Could you imagine what that sounded like? They're probably standing on the hills and it's echoing between the valleys. It's echoing between the hills within the valley. Just an eruption of praise. 
Think about the, the biggest sports game you've ever been to and when the Astros won the World Series and all the and the chaos that consumed at that point. Imagine hundreds of thousands of people worshiping and praising God together before the fight. Learn to praise God before the victory. Learn to praise God before the victory. Number nine, keep believing what God has said and what he has promised. Keep believing what God has said and what is promised. Verse 20, and they rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness of Tukah. And when they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, hear me, Judah, and inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you will be established. Believe his prophets, and you will succeed. They got up early. Jehoshaphat stood before him and said, believe it. You know what God's done. You know what God's done in your life. You know the, the, the things that God has rescued you from, don't you, Remy? You know what he's done in your life, don't you? You see the fruit of that. You see how God's brought you through. You see what he's doing in your family. You see how he's restored you. You see it. Don't ever forget it. Don't ever forget that. You keep on praising him. You keep on thanking him. You keep on chasing after him. He's got great things for you. He's got great things for you. I can only imagine Jehoshaphat standing up and just crying out. Don't forget what God's done. Don't forget it. You are going to be victorious today. Don't be passive. Don't forget. I've seen miracle after miracle in that family and through him and his marriage. And it's amazing. But he's been through hell and back. But don't ever forget, God ain't done yet. He ain't done yet. <sighs> My God, people, he ain't done with you. He ain't done with you. It ain't over. Don't sit back and just stop. Keep going. Keep believing what God has said and what he has promised you. I know what God has promised me. I know it. Some days are tough, but I know what he's promised me. I know how he's restored me. I know how he's restored my family. I'm not going to forget where I came from. I'm not going to forget the drugs that I did and that lifestyle I lived because God is going to use that story to impact other people. I know what he brought me through. You know what he's brought you through. If you have forgotten, get on your knees and ask him to remind you. If you're so consumed with what the world thinks, shut the world up and start listening to God. Man, we say yes to so much crap. And we consume ourselves with so much that's worthless. God is awesome. God is your bread. God is your living water. Keep drinking. Keep drinking of the living water. Number 10, 
Your praise and your worship defeats the enemy. Remember, it's not your fight. It's not your fight. It is not your fight. God, not Judah, will do the fighting in this sense. God shows up. God does the fighting. In some instances, we, we, we must confront the enemy physically. But in this instance, in a lot of instances in our own life, we need to con- con- confront the enemy as prayerful spectators. Do you hear that? Prayerful spectators, not combatants. Look what happens when the people begin to praise and worship God. It's so awesome. Verse 21. And when he had taken counsel with the people, he appointed those who were going to sing to the Lord and praise him in holy attire as they went before the army. The worshipers went before the army. Why do we do worship at the beginning? Because we're sending the worshipers before us in battle. What are we doing right now? We are in battle. We worship God before the battle. Do you hear that? Do you hear that? There's a rhyme and a reason for why we do things. They say, give thanks to the Lord for his steadfast love endures forever. Listen to verse 22. And when they began to sing and praise, the Lord set an ambush against the men of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, so that they were routed. I love the ESV. I love it. I love how it just breaks it down. It's so good. For the men of Ammon and Moab rose against the inhabitants of Mount Seir, devoting them to destruction. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, they all helped to destroy one another. The Israelites didn't have to do a single thing, but praise God and worship him and thank him for what he was going to do and what he's already done. God destroyed the people, not the Israelites, but they had to go. They had to show up. You have to show up. Do you hear me? You have to show up. You've got to show up in people's lives. You've got to show up. God has called every single one of us to go to the ends of the earth and proclaim the good news to those that are lost, those that are running away, those that have, have, have given up on God to bring them back into the fold. Jesus left the 99, right, to, to go to the one, to bring them back into the fold. That's what he's calling all of us to do. This battle is bigger than us. This fight is bigger than us. The things that you're dealing with are bigger than you, but he's also calling you to go and stand in the presence of the enemy and say, I praise my God. I worship my God. He's bigger than you, you little punk. He's bigger than you. He's bigger than you. I've seen it. I I've seen him. I've seen him move. You ain't got nothing on him, and you just praise God. You worship God in the face of your enemy, and you allow God to do your fighting for you because it's not your fight to fight. It ain't your fight to fight. It's God's. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. 
I worship you, God. I worship you, God. I thank you, God, that we have people that care enough to spend time with our kids in the back. Father, I thank Well, I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If you did, there's a couple things I would love for you to do. First, share this message with your friends and your family or, or share it online. Secondly, if this ministry has impacted you and you'd like to give to help us reach others, please go to valiantchurch.com and click the giving button. And I'll see you next time on the Valiant Podcast.